I really wanted to take Courtney's 50 mile record. I was very adamant and I still am <laughs> that I'm going like, I like, that's a goal of mine that I want to succeed with. Welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Moon podcast. I have such a fun episode today. I'm chatting with Priscilla Forgy, who only started running in 2019 and her list of accomplishments is out of control. So she talks about how she just sort of got into running for stress relief and mental health reasons. And then as she got going, sort of realized that she had found the place for her and that her body just responded so well to the really long stuff and the ability to run them very fast. So a couple of highlights include Squamish 50-50, where she came first female, third overall, and had the women's CR. The UTH first female, sixth overall, and in 2023, Canyon, second female and seventh overall. And we chat about her summer, which includes Western states and a top 10 finish in the fastest women's field yet. So it was really fun to just chat with Priscilla about how she tackles running her goals and her mindset. And I want to say casual, but not casual. I think a low stress approach to just living in the moment while she runs and seeing how hard she can push it because she also talks about running on the edge of blowing up the whole time, which is such an impressive place to be. And I thought about that in my last ultra when you just sort of want to walk and then realize maybe you don't have to and can just continue to push. So it's a super inspiring interview and I think you're going to love it for your long run or your short run or your washing the dishes, whatever you want to do. Today's episode is brought to you by Gooder Sunglasses. So we talk about Gooder all the time because not only are they fun and fashionable, but their functionality for running is top-notch. So they never slip, they don't bounce, they're 100% carbon neutral, and they're all polarized. So you can look your best and run your best. But guess what? They just got better. So now if you go to gooder.com, you can check out that they will do your prescription gutters. So you pick the frame, they put your prescription in there, get exactly what you need from a pair of glasses while still having the most fun pair of running frames out there. So right now, if you go to gooder.com and use discount code TRW, you get free shipping on as many pairs as you'd like. So that's discount code TRW at gooder.com and make sure to check out all of the new amazing colors because I feel like every couple of weeks they've got new, fashionable, amazing, fun lenses for every season. So go check those out now. Episodes, check those out on the Patreon. Easiest way to find that is just the link in the Instagram bio and the podcast Instagram is Trail Running Women Pod. So thank you so much to everyone who has found us there. It's a new Instagram, so we need you guys to come there and find us. And then that's how we'll get new guests, recommendations, questions for trail tips, and all that fun stuff. I think that's it for admin. So thanks. And here's Priscilla. I have a very accomplished runner that I'm chatting with today who I have been sort of watching from afar and interested in your journey since your outstanding performance <laughs> at Squamish 50 a few years ago. So welcome to the show, Priscilla Forgy. No, thank you so much for having me and thank you for following along. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jenny and she kept being like, oh my gosh, this Priscilla girl. And then I was like pretty into the race <laughs> you guys were doing. So it's been fun to watch for sure. Yeah. And then Squamish in general is just a really fun race to watch over the full weekend. Yes. So it's just so exciting to see what's going down. And I feel like every year course records are being broken. So it's just like, you never know what's going to happen next. 
Totally. And I think there's such a good mix of like people like Courtney Delwater and then local runners that we also know and you understand the trails. So you actually get a good feel for what people are doing out there. Like you, it's all kind of way. Definitely. I love that. Okay. So before we get into it, I definitely want to get into your recent race at CCC and everything you've done this year, but let's back up and get an intro kind of on how you started running. And if you were an athlete as a kid, and, and then we'll talk about how you found the trails. Sure. Yeah. So I was definitely not an athlete as a kid. I, uh, I didn't get into running like on a more, I guess, competitive level until probably like maybe three years ago or so three or four years ago. Um, I actually like kind of turned to running for my mental health originally. And then can I just like I had started in road running and just like kind of immediately was drawn to the community. And I like, it just made me feel like kind of like you had like some belonging and um, just a reason to kind of get out and, and be in nature. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And um, with kind of, I guess with trail running, it seems like we just kind of, like fall into longer and longer distances so I've just kind (laughs) of been like kind of just seeing kind of what's out there seeing of the different trails I can explore different areas and um also just kind of explore what I'm capable of and um that's kind of just kind of snowballed into more ultra running distances so yeah (laughs) Yeah. And a very fast snowball then if it was only wild, (laughs) when you say mental health, like just stress relief or how, what side of that were you looking at? Yeah. Like I think for, uh, like I, I've kind of talked in the past about like my struggles with depression and anxiety. And I was kind of at a, a point in my life that I felt that I needed a really big change and I knew I wasn't going down a path that was going to be beneficial for me in the long run. And, um, there's all those kind of band-aid solutions that we, we would go to that seem like quick fixes, but really don't resolve what's going on. And, um, for me, like it just ended up being running that really did help me with that. It of course didn't like resolve all of my issues and it's just a multifaceted rate. So, um, but I really did find that in terms of finding a sense of community and then also just like, like a sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. um, and not, not necessarily, um, like competing like I guess at a higher level like winning races but even just like finishing these races and seeing kind of how you like as an individual can can grow and push yourself further I've just found that like that's just really made me feel so much more confident in myself and um it's not always like every race that goes like that um and I'll, I'll talk about that with like with CCC, but, um, it's, but you learn something from it every time. And, um, you like, even if you don't succeed every time that you do do a race. So, um, and of course, just the process of training for races, you learn so much about yourself. You're on your own a lot or with people and, and, uh, like, 
you kind of alluded to when we were talking earlier is just like chatting, like you're on a run, uh, like our conversation. And I think that's like, when we talk with each other, like when you're running with people, the, the conversations that we can get into are just so much deeper than ones where if you go to a coffee with a friend or walk, like I just find running and just like opens up this like Pandora's box. Um, and for me, that's always been like really therapeutic, um, having that as an outlet. So, uh, that's kind of that side of that mental health piece of it for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people have found respite in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a super common story. And kind of like you said, it doesn't matter if you're training to win a race or if you thought that, you know, a 50 K or even a 30 K or something would be an impossible task for you. That sense of, Oh, if I put my mind to something, I can do the impossible is such an uplifter for your whole life. Exactly. Uh, and I know a lot of people are like, like when they kind of hear about the distances that I run and, um, or what I do, they're like, Oh, I can never do that. And like, no, you hundred percent could, everyone can do it. Like if they, of course they have that able body to, to go out and do it. And, um, it, it, we would be, I think everyone would be very surprised what they're capable of if they, um, just kind of open their mind to, to think I actually can do that. Um, because I would have never seen myself running hundred miles like years ago, like ever. So, um, it's just a matter of that, like kind of slowly building up and, and of course, just being like kind of gentle with yourself on the way. Yeah. I think you actually articulated that super well, because one of the pieces of feedback I get when I say, you know, running is therapeutic. And I, I feel like I didn't realize at the time, um, how much it was doing for my mental health, even when I got into it and it kind of was an in retrospect thing. And, you know, the question is asked, well, okay, what if you get injured and you're not able to run and you're not getting those endorphins, like, are mm-hmm. you, then you have no other support. And I'm sort of like, well, on one sense, yes, it's going to be more challenging, but on the other mm-hmm. sense, that realization of like, what, if you do open your mind to what you're capable of sort of sets you up to be parallel with anything else you want to take on in your life. And it's just sort of this like way of to course. elevate your outlook. Definitely. I, I totally agree with that. And I, I think that, um, there's always that, like, I you know with injuries and I've had like some injuries in the past where, uh, it's also like, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And so there's like that gratitude piece of it too. Um, and it helps if you can really look at that and say, you know, running is such a wonderful thing in my life, but it's not something that may always be there. So what can I do to really just like see it as a precious thing and take care of myself? And then also have supports and other things in our lives that doesn't mean that when we can't have running at points in our life, we do get into states of feeling really low. Um, because I think a lot of people struggle with that when they have injuries, they feel disconnected from the community, um, disconnected with themselves because they don't have that outlet. And if we can kind of recognize, like, we're not, always going to be able to run like it's like there anything can happen any day right and so if instead we can say like okay like what are my like I feel like everyone should have like a little backup plan for when there is they ever get injured to know like what supports you have in place right um because it can really like make your experience and that recovery so much easier uh because it is such a difficult time for people when they are injured. Yeah. And just that sense of 
unknown and almost hopelessness if it yeah. is a really bad injury in that too. So yeah, I think those are all important things to note. I know, I don't know if you know Tori Schultz, but we've talked about that before. Like yeah. just make sure you like kind of know what books you like or like if cheerleading helps. Or yeah. Yeah. And like, I think everyone should at least run in one group. Like yes. if you can run in and whether it just be like a, a few friends, whether it be a like a, a big group in your your town or your city if you can get into a group and like and then have like meaningful conversations with people and build relationships then you don't just need to run with those people if you do end up getting injured or needing some time off from running you can have those relationships outside of that sphere so um, I think that's so good for us to have those connections within the community and not always have to be running. We can even just be volunteering or, or going to spectate at races and, and after the run groups going to the coffee instead, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's all really good points. So when you started mm -hmm. to get involved in the running community and obviously like a great experience, it sounds like right from the get-go for you. When did you decide, okay, I'm going to put my hat in for some actual races and what sort of distances did you take on first? Uh, so the first distance would have been like it, when I got into the trail running community, I was, I had signed up for a 50 K and um, I believe the first 50 K I did was, I think like I want to, I did two 50 Ks kind of near each other it wasn't I think it was in um Kamloops it was called walk in the park and I actually like ended up walking like having to walk like sideways down a hill during that race <laughs> because my I thought like my knee had like broken or something because my um uh, my IT band was just pulling on my knee and it hurt so much. And I, it was just like such an interesting experience. Cause I was like, Oh my God, my body is broken. I can't do this. Why am I doing these longer trail running, um, trail runs? And then, um, it was kind of like soon after that, I realized just like, no, there's like, it's not just running. There's like some strength training involved as well. And how do you kind of mesh that together? Um, but, uh, basically like after that 50k I remember just being like hooked like I can't wait to do another 50k and then um and then I had kind of I think COVID had hit and then I had been training for I ended up doing a 100k during COVID um and yeah just kind of can I really love that 100k distance and I just kind of um have continued with that since so so after COVID, you do this personal 100K. First of all, like what kind of, were you working with a coach yet or were you just out there deciding no. you were every day? No, I just started with a coach uh, this year, actually. Uh, I had been very resistant to it in the past uh, because I just really wanted to go out and run. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to have anything too regimented to kind of take the fun out of it, I guess. Uh, I realized that with a coach, just doesn't take fun out of it. it actually makes it a lot easier because you're just kind of told what you need to do and um that kind of took away some some stress and planning for me uh but yeah no I was just kind of basically I just googled and just was like what do I need to run how much do I need to run and just kind of went by that and um yeah just kind of trial and error 
Okay. Um, what was your first official, <laughs> like, I'm going to get to my question, the reason I'm laughing. Um, and your Instagram <laughs> is actually a really good, like, oh, look at me. I kind of run randomly. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm doing stuff by a lot. So <laughs> I want to put together this, this transition a little bit. What was your first um, official 100K race? Do you remember? Or around that distance? Uh, what would it have been? Okay. So, um, like, I guess technically like this hundred K it was like a, it was like a COVID ultra they called it. So there was like, it was like a small group of people that raced. Um, so that would have been my first one during like near the end of COVID or I guess, when did it really end? But yeah, right. um, like near the end of when the shutdowns were, um, but then I guess my next one would have been, I think it was the death race would have been my next one, the Canadian death race. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That sort of fits like when, yeah. And so when you were going yeah, into that it's race, like blurry. yeah, no, that's fair. I know it's yeah. <laughs> so short, but also like time yeah. after COVID. Yeah. But going into that race, were you, did you have expectations? What was your training like? No, no, honestly, I like really just wanted my, my goal was to finish and I just wanted to kind of see what I could do. And I actually wasn't even sure I was going to race it originally because we had had some wildfires and, um, a group of us kind of were like, yeah, you know what, we're just gonna get up in the morning and see what it's like outside and then make a decision based on that. And pretty much everyone woke up, looked at the sun. It was very red orange and no one said anything. And we all just ended up towing the line and racing, which in retrospect, I would never recommend anybody to do if it's smoky. Yeah. I, I um, it actually, like it took me six months before I felt normal again oh after God. that race because like for my lungs um I do have a history of asthma uh but I still like just to think of like how impactful that was on my body and everybody else's that raced I just it's such a like it's just not worth it for one race to 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 risk your health so um but but kind of anyways I had a really like I had a blast on that race I had a big group of friends that were creamy and like it was just like I had never been creepy before I had never like I had no idea what to expect I had like my hormones going from like I get like real hormonal after around like that like 80k mark and so I was like kind of crying laughing the whole time <laughs> like and it was just like so it's funny because like we had a group of friends and everyone's like picking at me and throwing suntan lotion on me and then someone's like grabbing at my shoes like it was just like chaos but like they ended up eventually getting into like an organized chaos near the end <laughs> and it was just like so it was just cool to experience like I loved every bit of it it didn't really like I wasn't really like uh I didn't have like a clock in mind I was obviously trying to compete at that point because I was ahead um but like it was just such a cool experience to have that with like your community and um just to like it was my first kind of bigger race to, to like, kind of get my feet wet into. And I was just exciting. Yeah. And you ended up coming third overall. That's yeah. male and female third overall. Yeah. Yeah. And won the female side, correct? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is, I mean, outstanding. And this, like you said, this is not a small race and I know some other amazing runners that were in it and especially to sort of go into it. Like, I think there's a different mindset when you're going in to win, when you're going in just to finish. So kind of like you said there, when you have to make that adjustment mid race is a challenge in itself. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I felt like, I don't know. It was just such a fun race. And I also felt like, um, it really like kind of reset my thinking in terms of what I was capable of too, because I, I was like laughing with the two guys I'm friends with the, I believe he came in first, like Alex Petrosky, and he's like struggling to walk that night. And I was just like, totally fine. I'm like, I'm going to go dancing. And like, I like the next day, like, we're like, I was just like my body this is what my body is made for (laughs) it's just like kind of like a cool thing to experience and to see like just like I find with ultra running like we really start to get mixed in with the men and women and I love that I think it like it kind of brings us together too and I think that's such a cool thing in a sport to experience yeah, absolutely. And what an epic time. Like, I think we all get that, like, oh, maybe I'm capable of something, but like, this is such a big yeah. scale of like, oh, okay, I'm capable of being really good at this. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after that race, as you're kind of letting that sink in, what are you thinking in terms of like, okay, do I want to give this a go? What are my goals? And how serious did it get for you? How quickly? Well, so that, like, I don't. I don't know what else I did that year. I think I might have done done a um, sorry done a fifty k later in the year, and then the next year I had done a bit more racing. Like it was, it was a lot more. Um, like I had gotten invited to a race, and then I had already had a Squamish planned, um, and then I what I I done. I can't remember. I had like a string of like really like heavy racing. Um, and I think it was like, I didn't want to, like I went to UTHC in Quebec cause they had invited me and I was like really excited about that, but also just like not recommended to run Squamish 50, 50, and then three late weeks later do 125 K race. <laughs> it's like <laughs> not like it, it's a lot. So it, it was all like, kind of like, a good learning experience for me though, too. Like I was able to see like, okay, what can I handle right now? And what can I not? And like, what are those kind of boundaries? Um, which I think every runner starts to like, once they figure that out, it can really open up a lot of opportunities and a lot of like changes in terms of what you're actually capable of, because you realize like what you need to do in order to toe a line feeling a hundred percent rather than like, 80% because of how you've planned your year. Uh, so that was like a really like a big eye opener for me. And that would have been last year that that was. So for this year, I made it like, I really wanted to make sure that I had everything spread out. So I didn't feel like I wasn't kind of giving it my all at each race that I went to. For sure. And that also is like experience and working with a coach. And like you said, understanding yeah. what your body's capable of, but we're not saying like trot along Squamish 50, 50. Um, and for listeners that don't know, it's 50 miles on the Saturday and 50 K on the Sunday, both relatively hard courses. Well, not relatively, they just are hard courses. Um, 
where you won that and took 47 minutes off the women's 50-50 course record, which was already smashed the year before by Jenny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is like, I know people that it, it literally took them months to recover from that to be able to go. So then yeah. to go into the 125K, and I believe that was a first place finish as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what your mindset going into Squamish 50-50 was. I spoke to Jenny after she got the record and she was very scientific about it. Like every kilometer, she wanted that record. She knew oh my God, okay. to run. Um, <laughs> yeah. After Is your Jenny performance the year before. Yeah. Were you like, did you go in for that plan or what was it looking like? No. So Jenny and I is so funny because like we spent time together at Western States. We stayed together and we are like polar opposites of runners. Like we like she has like everything down to a T in terms of like splits and and heart rate and all that stuff. And for me, like I don't I'm more of an intuitive runner. I'd like to and I, I like more so I just don't really like all of those numbers I just I, like if I'm gonna run a certain pace it's like that's like what I'm capable of um and there's not knowing a different pace is going to make me run any faster in terms of what I need to do so for me like really what I showed up to at Squamish 50 50 I was I really wanted to take Courtney's 50 mile record I was very adamant and I still am <laughs> that I'm going like I am like that's a goal of mine that I want to succeed with but I'm still convinced too though if I did go and get her 50 mile record she would just come back the next day and get it <laughs> but... <laughs> as a training run <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but uh so I was that was my initial goal and I was like I'm gonna go like as hard as possible to get that um to get that and I did not get it and so I was like well you know what now I have um and in terms of like trying to reach that record I wasn't I just knew there was a certain time and that was what like I just had in my head but I was like I'm just gonna go as hard as I can while kind of also like listening to my body and not kind of blowing up um but I think I realized like the thing with running at that higher level um, and I'm sure like every other elite athlete would say that is, um, you're almost like always kind of running on the brink of like, will I blow up or not? <laughs> like, it's not really, especially if you're looking for a course record, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to run this like at my own effort and feel good the whole time. You're not going to feel good for most of it, but you're like holding on. And so that's basically what I done I had done for that race. And then um when I finished, I was like, well, you know what? Like I have lots of time to do the 50K tomorrow. Um, I just gotta show up and then get out there and um I can get the the record quite easily for the the 50-50. So that's why I ended up doing like that was kind of my B goal. Just want to take a quick second to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by AG1. So AG1 is one of the only supplements that I have taken long term. So I tried taking so many different supplements to get everything that I needed, but what 
I actually needed to continue with this habit was a single solution that would support my entire body that I could take every single day. So I've started now sometimes taking it in the afternoon after my workout just to make sure I'm replenishing all of my muscle stores after I break them down. And it makes me feel like I am recovering faster, getting better sleep, and especially my gut health. There's probiotics and prebiotics, and because it is a greens powder, it's super easy to absorb into your stomach. I love that they come with the free travel packs, which we can get you today with our offer so that you can have them in your suitcase for every race that you go to, every work trip, so you never have to miss a day. The best thing, it actually tastes good. You're also gonna get a free one-year supply of vitamin D which is so important as we're heading into fall and the colds are definitely coming back. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash TRWP. That's drinkag1.com backslash TRWP to check it out. Oh, that's super fun. And I, I kind of love that yeah. because I think I, I love chatting with Jenny and learning how like dialed in she is for <laughs> everything. But I think that's the beauty of this sport too, is that you can be like, if you, if that doesn't jive with you and the numbers create yeah. anxiety and then they're not even accurate for you in your race or something that it doesn't matter. Like it is such exactly. a variety of ways to figure out like what makes you get to your peak performance, I guess. Um, so it's fun to hear two super fast runners take it completely different so that um, the rest of us can be like, okay, I'm not doing something wrong. I just need to find yeah. it for me. It's a hundred percent that. And it, like, I think, like you said, like everyone's so different and it's like, what gives you the most drive and what makes you feel like the most confident in your plan? Like for me, if I had like, uh, plan with all these splits and times like I would it would make me go insane and it would probably mess with my like my self-esteem out there if I wasn't meeting certain times like the reality is is that like not every course record like that's beaten that like that individual didn't like they had, could have been slower in the first half and faster in the last half. Like we're all different. Our bodies respond differently to hills and downhills. So for me, like trying to stick with someone else's splits in terms of how they achieved a record is a lot, like it's putting a lot, um, like it, it adds for more error because we're all so different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you're relying on somebody else's splits and it's not working yeah. for you, it's easy to be like, okay, well, I've ruined this. It's not working when like, you don't know, maybe you are going to be way faster than them in the last 20 K or something. Exactly. So wanna, yeah. Sell yourself short either. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, like I, I think, but yeah, I think it's whatever works for, for everyone. Like I know some people love numbers and that's like what drives them. So like, that's, it's just finding out what that exactly is that to get you going. <laughs> And then, so after these like super phenomenal successes, um, when did Western States become a, a goal for you for this year? Uh, so Western States was not a goal at all. <laughs> I like, I like not in terms of like, not ever, but I had my kind of heart set on UTMB doing the full UTMB, which I'm really glad I didn't end up doing after doing CCC because, um, 
I feel like it's like CCC was a perfect kind of entry point to be like, okay, what is this about? So I've gotten my feet wet. Um, but anyway, so backtracking, I had, um, I raced canyons hundred K earlier this year. And it was in that race that I was hoping to get top 10 to go to UTMB. And, um, and then that's when I got the golden ticket to go to Western States, which was just so like, it, for me, it was very confusing at that time because I was like, wait, what Western States? I'm like, when is that? It's like, what does, like, what does the race entail? Like in terms of like, I just am not like, I wasn't really involved in terms of following Western States. Like I'm really still very new to the ultra running world. So it's very much like, I don't even know, like, can I race that? Like, who knows? So, um, then basically once it was once a week kind of settled in and uh, like my brain kind of got out of that runner's brain, I realized like, Oh, okay, no, this is an opportunity that I should definitely not pass up. And, um, and I'm so glad that I didn't, it was like, like so glad. <laughs> so that, and it was your first hundred miler, correct? Yes. Like my first finished hundred miler. So because I had a DNF yeah, in last October. Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense after the like squash 50s at the end of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. That's um, so, I mean, it sounds like you had an absolutely phenomenal day in what was one of the fastest female times ever. Um, what do you feel like you learned from that, from that race and finishing? Oh that my race? God. I like Western States was just like, like there's, I don't know. Like I, I loved Western States. Like I did not know what to expect. I knew that everyone talked so highly about it and um, just like with the energy and the community, but it wasn't like until I had to experience it to really understand it and feel it. And after racing it, I was like, Oh my God, like, I already want to race that again. Like, I felt like I was like, Oh my God, I can do this and this and this differently. And it was so much fun. And it's so runnable. It was just like such a cool experience. I, um, in terms of what I've learned, I, um, if like, if anyone is ever going there, if they have the opportunity to do like any altitude training, like any acclimatization, like definitely I would recommend that because that was really hard on me. It was what I struggled with most. Um, and it is like the first 50 K of the race. You struggle with that. If you're, if like that, if your body responds that way and you haven't, um, if you haven't adjusted, right. Uh, so that was, that was something like that definitely kind of threw me for a loop is just that difficulty with breathing and really feeling like I was like, my legs just felt like lead. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't like, is there someone on my back right now? <laughs> um, but, uh, I, so that was like a big, uh, like a learning point for me. And then, um, I think like, I learned that I actually really loved having a pacer. I, I really like, I was resistant to having a pacer originally and um, I'd have never had used one before. And, uh, but my partner came with me for the last 30 K or so. Uh, and I loved it. It was just like, kind of, like, I'm sure a lot of people, like when they race, it's what helps us get through ultras, especially is like you have, you kind of kind of break up the race into different 
um, segments to help you kind of like overachieve, like achieve each segment, um, just to kind of like have little goals. Right. Um, and like, for me, usually in races, it's like, okay, I'm get to see my crew here. Or I get to go to an aid station here. And then like, it's like, that's what you're trying to get to not like the end of a line. And for me, like, having a pacer kind of just changed everything in terms of like how I ran, how I felt. It just like put me into a different zone. And I found that really like helped break up part of the race and helped me to the finish. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And I think, I mean, it sounds so simple to break it up, but that does take experience too, to figure out how to mentally handle things that are so big. Yeah, definitely. So I want to get a um, yeah. bit into CCC as well, because other yeah. than the, the DNF you just kind of talked about in the hundred miler, you basically have a year, year and a half of just straight feeling amazing success, yeah. kind of surprising yourself. Um, and then talk us through what CCC was like for you. Yeah, like I, you know, from the very beginning of CCC, like from the race start, I was, did not feel myself. And I can't really, like, there's a lot of things I've thought about since the race on why that could have been. And, you know, there's so many reasons that we could think about and like, you know, like stress, sleep, food, um, all those different things that change when you travel internationally and, and that far for a race. Um, but like, I, whatever it was, I, I just did not feel myself at all. And I was really struggling. And, um, there was kind of like a, in the very beginning, I was like, okay, like I am not feeling well. And I'm like, I, I knew no matter what, that I wasn't going to DNF though. Um, after, after I have Alina, my DNF, I, um, I really like, struggled with just like not like just being like oh could I have continued and um I knew that like this was a situation that I was like okay I know in the beginning I'm having a hard time so I'm only like like I'm 20k in and dying so why don't I just like ease off a little bit and just make sure that I can hold on until the end uh and so I just kind of adjusted what my whole day was going to look like um I like my I had like the worst stomach issues I've never had stomach issues and I just like oh my god I just like there the thing about CCC and UTMB is that you're constantly surrounded by people oh no and so people with GI issues it's like I feel for everybody out there like oh my god like I'm like I just need to use the washroom and there's someone beside me at all times um like we're so it was, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, I just like ended up just managing to just like, you know, like I made some stops, I um, adjusted my pace and then I just like kind of just tried to enjoy it as much as possible. I like the reality is I was uncomfortable from like most of the race and I, cause I don't want to sugarcoat it. I want to be like, you know, like I, I just like eased the pace and had a really good time. Like I did it. <laughs> I, um, and I think that's just like the reality of what my day was going to be like. I, um, 
I was thinking about, like, I was talking to my partner about the reason I was just like, I don't even know when I was in Switzerland. Like, I don't even know what Switzerland looks like <laughs> because I was just like, my head is just like down. I'm just kind of like trying to get through the day. Um, but it was different. Like it was, it was a good thing for me, I think. Um, like I know it was because like you had said, like I've had a really good year or so. And um there's been like of course I've been uncomfortable in a lot of my races because that's just a reality of racing but um this was one where I had to kind of put away my ego and accept that like okay your goal originally was get was to get into the top five and that's not an option today and instead I was like okay what if I just focused on the fact that I'm out in Europe running this beautiful race and there's so many people around me that are so happy and cheering me on and there's just so much good that I'm experiencing so just try to take that in even if maybe I can't take it in as full as I would like to um but yeah just to kind of reset and and reframe that day was was really what my focus was for that race yeah I think that's the best kind of outlook you can have and you're not like it, it can't be perfect and that's how you're going to learn and get better so in one sense it's like okay so you have to have these days like this right exactly exactly I feel like I learned so much from it and um, I came out from it feeling just like really like like just happy that and and kind of like grateful like that I could push through that in a like a different kind of day that I haven't had um, and, and kind of get to the finish line and be like proud of myself for that effort. Yeah, absolutely. And then it must've left you super hungry to like go after the next thing. Oh yeah. Like I, I will definitely be back to UTMB. I, I don't know when that will be. My my goal race will be Western States. And so I'm kind of still in, I'm kind of just letting, like focusing on non-running things right now and just recovery. And then I'll kind of get to the drawing board and start to plan what the, the rest, kind of surrounding races will be. And I mean, like we just talked about, that's a bit runnable. And I know a bit in your Instagram, you've talked about, diversity being important obviously ccc is a very different type of race too um yeah yeah is that something you want to do long term as well make sure that you have lots of mountain type races and fast and runnable and all distances yeah it's so it's so interesting because i after i really thought that i wouldn't like racing western states i thought it would be too flat and fast for me but I actually loved the trails and I had so much fun um but I also absolutely love mountains so I think the reality is is that I love both so I am going to do both maybe it will be like one year is a bit more fast and flat and then the next year is mountains um I think I'll just kind of just see what what I'm feeling um and and not like I do find there's definitely a benefit to sticking with one or the other in a training segment oh, just really? because like 
right? Like even being at CCC, I'm like, oh, wow, I would have totally benefited from like, uh, like maybe like six more weeks of mountain running um, and that I just couldn't get with the, with Western States and that, that kind of gap between um, it was like rest and then get to the mountains as much as possible, but it's just not nearly enough if you want to, to really like push and, and, and thrive on those mountains. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely something that I'll consider just in my planning for sure. And what about after next year and beyond? What are kind of your, your big goals with running? You know, like I've had it. I really would love to get a taste of a 200 miler, but I don't know if that's within the next year or five years. I just think it would be such a different experience than the races that I'm used to. And I think it would be just so cool to be like, I'm going to be out for like a few days <laughs> racing. Yeah. Uh, right. So, um, I, so I think, but in terms of any other goals, I've just realized that making like having any set plans, isn't really what works best for me or really is realistic uh, for me. And so um, I'm just kind of take like having maybe like some short-term goals and then seeing what snowballs from there is what's probably will work best for me. Cause like I started canyons and had no idea that I'd be going to Western States and UTMB in the same year. And so I've kind of thrown <laughs> any kind of very concrete plans at the window for now. I, I love that. That's so fun. What about like <laughs> I, being, do you want to race professionally or do you want to keep it super fun or, or do you have any kind of like big, how you want running to fit into your life type goals? Yeah. Like, I think I want, like, I, I just love running. I love the community. And so I do see myself getting more involved within the community over the next few years. I don't know what that will look like right now. Uh, but I just know that it, it kind of drives my soul a bit and it, it makes me so happy. And so I just want to tap into that and really kind of take advantage of what brings me so much joy. Um, so yeah, so I'm being open-minded and just kind of exploring what that will look like right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think I'm <laughs> like, just to have that freedom is so cool to be like, you don't have to decide yeah. and you can kind of wait and see. And that's a nice perspective too. I think oftentimes people want to know exactly what it needs to look like for them. And it totally doesn't have to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of just going with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. What about, um, I have a couple of last questions, but one thing I want to know first in terms of training, is your training as casual as your, as your race kind of races kind of seem, do you just go by feel and if you're not feeling good, take extra days or how structured are you? Yeah. Like, you know, so with my coach, like he, he gives me like, a, I have a structured workout plan. Uh, but with that, like I was very clear and he's super like an advocate of like me listening to my body. That's just how I've always trained. And so if there's a, 
a part of the plan I don't feel like I can do that day um, or want to change, then I just do that. And he's super open to it. And so I think that's what I need. And I, I think like some other people need to be like, no, you, like they need a, a coach that will be very directive and kind of hold them accountable. I, I, I don't struggle with the motivation. I just, um, it, it's just really making sure that I can, um, put my, like, make sure I take care of my body because, you know, we, like, we all like, just like, um, like any coach can give a plan, but they don't know what our bodies are feeling like. Right. And so I'm very communicative with my coach and, and where I'm at, and then he'll adjust things as, and, and I'll kind of communicate what I feel that it needs to be adjusted as well. Yeah. I think that's super important. I think for anybody that has a coach, the more you can communicate, the better because you can see stats and watches and all of those things, but, um, understanding how you felt. And if suddenly like a run that normally is easy, you're getting lightheaded at a fast heart rate or something like those things need to be communicated. Exactly. And I think a lot of times people with coaches are a bit nervous to say maybe what's going on and they want to really like sometimes impress their coaches or, totally. or do well. And, and, I think it's just such a good thing for everyone to really remember that. Like if you're that communication is so big because it will allow you to excel. It will allow you to be at your best. Um, and if you aren't communicating, then you're only like, you really could just end up leading to injury and then also just not being happy running, which is no fun. <laughs> no. Right. Like that's the key. We're doing this because it's adding yeah, to our life, not because it's a job. Exactly. <laughs> So a couple of last questions, but first of all, like this has been so much fun. I love your attitude and your take on it. And I think it's super inspiring everything that you've done. Um, definitely excited to see what you're capable of in the future. Um, but post hundred K hundred mile, what is the favorite meal that you're craving? Oh my God. It's hard, right? Huh. Yeah. Like you know what? Like I, so I'm vegan and I've struggled so much in France to find anything vegan. Um, and I got to like, so me and my partner, we were just like, like scouring France, <laughs> trying to find something to eat the whole time and, um, living off of bread and hummus. But I, we got to Paris right after the race and, or sorry, like a, a week after we spent in the South of France. And then we went to Paris right before our flight home and found this like amazing vegan restaurant and it had vegan mac and cheese vegan chocolate cake like everything that you could imagine um like a caesar salad and um nachos so we literally just got like one of everything and ate everything and it was so good it was just like exactly what my body needed after that effort and then also just like not having all of the nutrients that i've been lacking so that was oh, like that's such a that's win epic. Because that's always what I want yeah. too. like just a little bit of everything I don't want to have to commit yes exactly I love it yeah so so it was definitely like hit the spot I was very very grateful to have found it um okay so last question if you could describe trail running in three words what would they be oh my goodness um joy community joy community and I guess self-love because that's what I've gotten a lot from it oh I love that one I love when like that I've asked 
220 people and I always get unique answers. A lot of people say community, which makes <laughs> sense, but self-love is a new one. So that's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so, I want to thank you so much for your time. This has been so fun. Um, I've been excited to chat for a while. We set it up quite a bit ago. Um, if any of our listeners want to follow along, do you have website, Instagram? Where can people um, see what you're yeah, I have Instagram. So it's at Prissy Forgy, P-R-I-S-S-Y-F-O-R-G-I-E. Okay, awesome. And I will link to that in the show <laughs> notes. And thank you again and best mm-hmm. of luck in the future. Thank you so much for having me.